The grain markets started the week under pressure and are already trying to claw back on some short covering. We'll take a look at trends in the U.S. and South American weather, get the latest outlook on the spending deadlines, and it's Monday. That means it's time to get an update on what's happening in the used machinery markets. Live from the weekly opening tip-off via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we'll begin with a conversation with Senator Chuck Grassley, and it's Machinery Pete, Greg Peterson. Directly following the news, Brett Waltz from BAM WX, I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. I like that tip-off action you're using there. Good right? stuff, man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. March yeah. Madness is almost upon us, my brother. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, latest AP polls are out. Iowa State uh-huh. Cyclones in there at number six. Okay. Man, I'm telling you. And well, you, I will you know, say. Yeah. Go on. I'm inclined to pull the lever for the red team. You know, usually I'm like a well, well blue team, but I'm, I mean, I'm deep in red territory down nice. here. Nice. I don't nice. dare pull blue. Well, yeah. you know it. You know, the uh, Cyclones <laughs> uh, bring in the Cardinal out. That's for sure. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. for sure. So there is good Midwest representation in the the AP top 25. Good. good. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and uh, some good basketball being played. There's no question about that. It's, it's pretty doggone entertaining time of the year to be a uh, a basketball fan here in the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool things happening. Yeah. A lot of cool things. All right. Welcome. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip. Glad that you are with us. Uh, we've got the senator coming up, Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa. Uh, spending bills, we're going to start there. We got to start there. Uh, deadlines coming up at the end of the week, man. Oof. I know. I know. Uh, how are we ever going to get to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will we will start there with the senator, but a lot of other ground that I want to cover, and that includes a do Ukraine. Let's talk a little bit about the border. Can we get an update on the farm bill? What about SAF? See, hopefully, hopefully we've got enough time to get through everything. And then Greg Peterson coming up at the bottom of the hour today. Right on. Uh, looking forward to the conversation with Greg. All right, man, mm-hmm. let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, Chip, the National Weather Service weather outlook calls for heavy snow over parts of the Cascades, the northern Intermountain region, northern and central Rockies and Sierra Nevada mountains, and higher elevations of the Great Basin. Moderate to heavy snow is expected over parts of the upper Midwest, a slight risk of severe thunderstorms over parts of the Ohio Valley and Great Lakes on Tuesday. Currently here in the city of Fountain, 62 degrees and sunny, headed for a high of 75, baby. Yeah, we're heading into the 70s today, too. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be looking at some uh, some record temperatures for today. So yep. if that happens, the windows will be open, open here in the bunker. Indeed, indeed. Well, we discussed this a bit on Friday, but uh, USDA's cattle on feed report showed the Feb 1 feedlot inventory up almost a half percentage point from a year ago, while placements dropped 7.4% and marketings inched downward uh, a tenth of a percent. The underlying data in the report is called bullish as the supply of cattle moving into feedlots continues to tighten with placements down from a year ago levels for a third consecutive month. Chip, that's a uh, trend that's expected to continue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we speak, we've got live cattle futures down just slightly. Feeder cattle futures are down yeah, slight to moderate losses there. And it's all because we ran up into the report. So a little bit of fading of the bullish data. Yep. 
Well, Vince Malanga, president of LaSalle Economics, says January's economic performance highlighted evidence of slowing growth and persistent inflation, painting a concerning picture. However, he notes seasonal adjustments may be clouding the data as this January experienced wintry conditions compared to the more spring-like weather yeah. of last January. Chip, tomorrow morning, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Vince Malanga on as one of my guests. Uh, lots right. to talk about with Vince. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yep. What's up? Cocoa futures climbed as much as 4.6 percent on Monday after capping the biggest weekly jump since 1999. Prices have soared as drought and disease ravaged crops in key West African producers, threatening to raise costs for chocolate makers. We've been sort of alluding to the strength in the soft mm -hmm. commodities chip, and here goes cocoa, still on a tear. Yeah, still showing the way to the grain markets. Hopefully uh, the grains can catch a clue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the Senate reconvenes today after the President's Day recess, while the House returns on Wednesday. Chip looming over this week, the recurring issue of a potential government shutdown as Congress has yet to approve any of the annual spending bills for fiscal year 2024, nearly five months into that fiscal year. House Speaker Mike Johnson acknowledges the appropriations logjam is holding up the new farm bill. In other news, Israeli officials are cautiously optimistic about potential progress in hostage and ceasefire negotiations, with negotiators set to travel to Qatar following discussions in Paris. The proposed deal entails the release of around 40 hostages held by Hamas in Gaza, including women, children, and vulnerable individuals in exchange for a six-week pause in hostilities. Elsewhere, Kyiv has urged Poland to punish those responsible for spills at a Ukrainian grain cargo at the border over the weekend. Around 160 metric tons of Ukrainian grain were destroyed at a Polish railway station, Amid protests and what a senior Ukrainian official said Sunday was an act of, quote, impunity and irresponsibility. During an Abu Dhabi press conference, the head of the World Trade Organization said global commerce, despite its resilience during the pandemic, is performing weaker than forecast. She emphasized the need to repair and reform the multilateral trading system, highlighting demand is sluggish across major economies except for the United States and India. Chip, over to you. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. Good morning, Brett. And good morning, Chip. Hey, so talk to me about the trends that we're looking at. I look at the extended outlook from the National Weather Service. Still has the, the above normal temperatures in that. Is Does that make sense? Yeah, I think overall, uh, other than, you know, brief little cooler air shots behind storms, it's going to be pretty mild over the next couple of weeks. And in fact, uh, widespread record-breaking temperatures today across the central part of the country, it's going to be in the 80s and 90s down in the southern plains. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing that we're looking at. I mean, these could be all-time winter high temperatures, right? Yeah, in some spots, especially the further south that you go, and, you know, maybe even parts of Nebraska and Iowa, too. Yeah. You're talking about mid to upper 70s today and uh, just as warm off to the east into tomorrow with a severe weather threat as well. Crazy, crazy. OK, take us to South America. What are the trends there and any yellow flags, red flags? Yeah, you know, I, I want to keep a close eye on, on Mato Grosso, especially in, in parts of central Brazil. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, it is trending increasingly hotter, and, and I think that there's a drier stretch in there as well. Uh, there are some rains across northern Argentina, Argentina there, uh, but I, I think into March, we do need to watch southern Argentina. Some of those growing areas could have some drier risk as well.
Okay. Well, that is something that the market will certainly pay close attention to. Uh, you've got a big event coming up on Wednesday. Tell us about it. Yeah, we do. We're going to go into the spring forecast. And, you know, if this warmth is going to continue to linger around throughout the spring months, uh, big webinar, planting season webinar, March, April, May, and a sneak peek at June, July, and August on Wednesday at BAMWX.com slash webinar. BAM w- BAMWX.com slash webinar. It's the spring webinar. It's on Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's free, isn't it? It's free, and if you can't make yep. it live, go ahead and sign up, and we'll send you the recording. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yep, thank you. You bet. Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. We've got U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley up next. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us here on this Monday morning. Uh, U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley is our guest uh, this morning, and he joins us right now. Senator, welcome back to AgriTalk. It's great to talk with you again. Been a while since I've talked to you. Glad to be back. Yes. How are you feeling? Well, perfect. Now... But I had infection, and uh, uh, you probably don't care what the doctors treated, but I had to carry around a pump with intravenous uh, antibiotics uh, for four weeks. And it's not an easy way to travel. You have to sleep with it. Uh, You have to carry it with you wherever you are. But it uh, gave a full recovery. Good. Good. That is great to hear. It's it's good to hear you say perfect when we ask how you're feeling. Uh, I got to tell you, Senator, when I put word out that you were going to be on the show this morning, I started getting lots of input on what they wanted to talk about. I've got a few things that I want to get to, but uh, a lot of this morning is driven by listeners. Uh, And number one thing on the list, yeah, they want to know about appropriations, and we're going to get to that, but the number one thing on the list is they want to know if you think that Congress will eventually approve more aid to Ukraine. Well, now joining. Okay, we got interrupted. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, it's uh, it's entirely up to the House of Representatives, and there's no way I can comment on knowing how that's going to work out. Uh, I know that if it were put to a vote, it would pass uh, with a combination of Republicans and Democrats. But in the uh, United States House of Representatives, uh, everything is pretty much up to the speaker, uh, what he uh, wants to do. And uh, he has been very clear on 
what it was, except he says we're going to get the job done. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's I, 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 the how did how did we end up like this with it coming down to what the speaker wants to have happen or not? Well, it comes down to this, uh, the issue of the southern border. Okay. There's, uh, there's a feeling that we should be, and I agree with this feeling, that we should be as determined about the southern border as we are the border between uh, Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, the House is uh, intent upon making that uh, an issue. And uh, we tried to do that in the United States Senate. Uh, Senator Lankford, uh, a Republican, an independent cinema, and a Democrat, uh, Murphy, uh, tried to work on an agreement. Uh, but when it was finally put together after three months of work on an agreement that was uh, supposedly secure the border, it didn't fly. Yeah. And the reason it didn't fly is because it left so much discretion to the president of the United States, whether to use it or not use it. And if the president isn't enforcing the law today, uh, well, why would he uh, enforce a new piece of legislation that said he would uh, sign it? Uh, and, uh, and maybe uh, then in, in, in the end, not use it. That's not a very credible way uh, to reach an agreement on securing the border, particularly when the president of the United States, uh, just through his own uh, signature on an executive order, uh, could uh, undo all of the things that he put in place the first day that he was president, that uh, that undone all the things that uh, Trump had done to control the border. Yep. And now you have uh, maybe seven, eight million people have crossed the border illegally. You know, you can't enter our country without our permission. And the United States is not anti-immigrant because we take about a million people who come here legally, and we could probably take more than that uh, for some parts of our economy, uh, even the agricultural economy, particularly in Texas, Florida, yep. and, uh, and, uh, and even some in Iowa. So that's that's the basis of the House not acting up to this point until they find a solution on securing the southern border. And I hope they can do that. And I would like to support what they do if it really secures the border when that would come back from the House representatives. Okay. Well, you just checked another box of the listener issues that we needed to cover here. So uh, we'll we'll move on. Uh, The. Are we going to see a shutdown on March 1, or is there going to be a continuing resolution? Will there be a solution? What is the stand, the, the status of the appropriations bills? I could answer your question better after 5 o'clock when I'm in on leadership meeting, and we're going to get a report on that. Uh, I, I want to give you my opinion. You shouldn't okay. shut down government. It costs money to shut down the government. It costs money to open up the government. The government is supposed to be a service to the people, and you can't serve the people if uh, if it's not functioning. And in the final analysis, uh, it costs money. And if you're in bad financial shape like we are right now, uh, why should we uh, be shutting down the government? It just doesn't make common sense. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to learning what what we can after the leadership uh, meetings this afternoon because this is something that I, I don't I don't think anybody wants to see the government shut down. It's it's uh, uh, yeah, that's the bottom line there. Um, another one. Have you been briefed on what the Treasury and the Environmental Protection Agency is going to say this week regarding the sustainable aviation fuel details? Well, we don't know. And uh, there's some journalist reporting that's fairly accurate say, saying what us Midwestern senators want, uh, the Crete uh, approach, which uh, gives emphasis to grains in, in the uh, input uh, to get sustainable uh, aviation fuel, that uh, uh, Creek is what it's called, G-R-E-E-T, and that's an acronym that don't worry what the letters say. Right. But uh, I don't either. If it's done the way, if it's done the way that I want it done, and what we've told the President of the United States, it's uh, it's going to make sure that grain, meaning soybeans and corn are going to have the same uh, access to yeah. creating the uh, sustainable uh, aviation fuel, which is the uh, next step above ethanol that we put in our yeah. car and uh, more environmentally friendly. Uh, and uh, if, if we don't get it the way we want it, uh, then... Uh, the uh, the uh, other uh, inputs that go to make it, uh, it seems to me, just won't be enough. We need grain uh, to be part of it. And so I, I see this inconsistency. Environmentalists want more uh, environmentally friendly uh, fuel to use in the airplanes. And, uh, and uh, then they want to cut corn and soybeans out of it. Yeah. And uh, th that seems to be very inconsistent. And we're trying to educate them that not only for economic fairness and equality do we need uh, grains as well as the other uh, biodegradable uh, things that yeah. can be used to make uh, uh, fuel. Uh, but it's, it's, it's also necessary if you really want to clean up the environment. Right, right. Okay, just a little bit, uh, about a minute left here. Do you see some way for Congress to deal with California Prop 12 and other related issues like Massachusetts Q3, the the, the commerce issues? Well, sure. We got a bill led by Marshall Grassley and and uh, uh, my colleague from Iowa, Joni Ernst, uh, that would uh, do just exactly that if we pass this bill. It would overrule what California is trying to do on Proposition 12 and what Massachusetts is about ready to do. And uh, and I hope we can get it passed. But I don't see Schumer bringing it up because he's Democratic leader and the environmental rights groups in California that drive this issue that don't know anything about farming. Uh, uh, they have a big voice in the Democrat caucus. So we were hoping to get it as part of the five-year farm bill. But if we don't get a five-year farm bill this year, we won't uh, uh, 
uh, we won't have an opportunity to put it in that bill. And short of that, I think we don't have good news for pork producers in Iowa, and that is a shame. Yeah, certainly is. Certainly is. Senator, you're always very generous. It was great to talk with you again. Glad to have you back on AgriTalk. Yeah, thank you. Goodbye. You bet. That is U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley. We've got Machine Repeat up next here on AgriTalk. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady Beach. It feels a bit like a battleground in the grain markets today. Uh, how the how the market wraps up today is going to be really important for the rest of the week, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, Chip. Uh, you know, we faced uh, some pressure overnight, uh, but uh, have seen a little bit of, of scattered buyer interest through uh, early daytime trade here. Uh, new contract lows in nearby corn and soybean futures. Uh, so just more of the same there. Uh, you know, funds hold a record combined net short position in corn, soybeans, and wheat. And, and uh, so really heavily weighted to the short side of the market, but just nothing here to, to give them any kind of encouragement to actively cover short positions. Yeah. And it, it it's going to be another week where we watch the weather, right? And harvest progress down in Brazil. Yeah, so uh, you know, weather continues to to support active uh, soybean harvest and and also active uh, safrina corn planting. Uh, yeah. You know, just ripping along. Almost three quarters of that crop is already in the ground, and and you know, there's questions because of the uh, the economics on on how much the Brazilian farmer will plant to uh, second crop corn. But uh, uh, the pace is really quick right now. Gotcha. Take us over to livestock trade mixed in the cattle complex. Yeah, and it, it opened sharply lower in both live cattle and feeder cattle. So they have significantly rebounded off those initial lows. And, and you know, Friday's cattle line feed report, uh, there wasn't anything real bearish in there. The, the placements number came in heavier than what was uh, anticipated, down um, from a year ago significantly, but not down as much as anticipated. And uh, so, you know, the, not too surprising, I guess, to see the buyer interest show up underneath the market this morning. And a mixed tone in hog futures as well with the front end of the market uh, under some pressure. Excellent. Thank you, Brian. That's Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Glad that you're with us. Good conversation. With uh, Senator Grassley there, went through several issues, get his opinion of what uh, what might or might not happen. He's looking for clarification and and, and uh, some confidence in the outlook uh, himself, Davis. It, mm-hmm. And he's looking over at the house. I think he's kind of scratching his head saying, what the heck's going on over there, guys? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we're all wondering that same thing. Yeah, 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 no question. All right, right, it's Monday morning. That means it's time for a conversation with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Hey, Greg, how you doing, man? Well, I'm doing pretty well, guys. Uh, temperature here in Minnesota is supposed to hit yeah. like 66 today, so quite no, my brain doesn't, is having problems computing that in February, but hey, we'll take it, I guess. I'm with you. I'm with you. We will take it. This has got to be one of the easiest travel seasons you've had. Oh, it's unbelievable. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, there was one cold snap for about a week. And yeah. I did happen to film an auction in Iowa for the TV show. And uh, Russ, one of our camera guys, you know Russ, good guy. Oh, yeah. He gave me a lot of crap, crap for that, picking that one week. But other <laughs> than that, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been great for travel, no doubt. Yeah. Kind of getting spoiled after. Thinking back to the old days when dad would always say, well, you know, throw that shovel in the trunk and make sure you got the yeah. sand and all that stuff. Yeah. Now it's like, what? But yep. this is what it is, I guess. Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's get to the pick of the week. This one's interesting. Tell me about it. Yeah, it was Saturday night, uh, online auction out in North Carolina, Plymouth, North Carolina. My friends at Rich and Rich Auctioneers had a, a big annual consignment sale. And uh, tillage, I've noticed late model uh, vertical tillage and the high-speed discs, field cultivators, been yeah. pretty strong here the last, gosh, I guess a year and a half plus now. But they had a John Deere 2660 VT 30-foot true set tillage, vertical tillage rig. That brought 105000 bucks. Wow. And when I look at uh, the last nine 2660 VTs I've seen sold, right about on the average number, it's a 107.9, so... I've seen them as high as 129 and then down to 77.5. So uh, okay. good solid price there. And again, it was out of the South. So it tends to be, tends to be a little lighter down there compared to the Midwest. Uh, I also found that interesting. That was an evening online auction. We are seeing more of those around the country. So, you know, just interesting to see how those prices stand up versus yeah. you know, physical sales and uh, online sales that end in the morning. Right, right. Have you noticed anything else in the tillage equipment? I mean, is it is it the vertical tillage? Is that really where the focus is? Uh, High-speed discs, probably okay. at the top of the heap, and the vertical tillage slotting right in behind. So when we see the, uh, you know, those Degelman, the pro-tills, or the, uh, what does Kinsey call them, mock tills, uh, yeah. you know, which have just come out here the last couple of years. When they show up, you can tell beforehand there's a lot of interest and chatter. And then the sale price, I mean, to me, on a hard cash basis, I don't, you know, of course, the driver is what what does it cost new, which I get that. But still, I mean, even like that 2616 North Carolina, they're 105K. I mean, I guess my problem is, Chip, I'm old and I remember tillage in my head. Just It's like the weather. I can't compute 66 degrees in Minnesota and I can't compute 105,000 bucks for a tillage tool, but that's right. world we live in i guess <laughs> yep yep that's right that's right speaking of tillage and springfield work and everything i saw some anhydrous going down yesterday afternoon mm. yep uh yeah i mean it's interesting on social media to follow farmers across the midwest here particularly you know rolling with the punches on this weather yeah uh it's just you know we, that's one one thing i find interesting chip it relates to machinery, but, you know, stuff, you know, commodity prices, things you guys get into. But we all have our shared history and our past. 
then it goes back generations because you grew up hearing what your dad and your grandpa, your uncle always chirping. Hey, if this happens, then this. And we carry that with us. And now we're running into some of these unprecedented things. And I was like, it's February 26th today. That's 66 in Minnesota. What? So, yeah, it's interesting to, you know, everyone's rolling with it, I guess. That's right. We can. That's exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Take us to that consignment auction in Indiana. Yeah, Friday, my good friend Jeff Boone with Jeff Boone Associates uh, Auctioneers, big uh, annual winter, uh, quote-unquote winter, I guess, uh, consignment auction, Mm -hmm. uh, Markleville, Indiana. A couple items that caught my eye, a planter, 2014 John Deere DB60, 36-row, 20-inch, that brought $131,500. An excavator, that segment, the construction end has been very strong. Pulling up a little better <clears throat> as the ag equipment begins to soften here with obviously uh, profit pressure looking ahead. But uh, they had a 2019 Cat 305 uh, 5E2 excavator with 857 hours. That brought 63.5. And again, that mid horse tractor is holding pretty well right now. Loader tractor. So they had a 14 John Deere 6150M with a loader, 1133 hours, 99K. So another successful sale from my. Good friend Jeff there in Markleville, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just kind of said something right there, Greg, that I've been waiting for it. And you just kind of let it roll like it's part of the conversation now. But with the reduced income outlook, the the market's starting to soften up some. Uh, are, are, you yeah, see, are you seeing that across the board? Well... It's beginning to show because, frankly, we're getting more auctions. January is kind of light. Yeah. I mean, we cover all North America, so there's always stuff going on. But the volume starts to pick up, like now, right, and then the velocity to March into April up north of Canada. So uh, what I would say is that, yeah, generally, we maybe the, the first sign of this is that the top bite is coming off. So we, we're still seeing, you know, very solid pricing on good condition equipment, but you're maybe not just brushing those highs that we it becomes so pro. I mean, you almost expect it, a crescendo the last three plus years where if I reported on a sale with nice equipment that didn't say record price, it was like something would matter. Right. And now we're not seeing the records. They're up They're in the neighborhood. So on the top end, it, you can tell just a little pullback there. And then if you drift down and, you know, because not everything's A1 condition, and that's totally fine. We, 34 years, compile prices on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That average stuff, I've always thought when the market's changed, it's that stuff that softens more quickly, and we are seeing that. So definitely, you know, got our eyes trained day by day, and hopefully we can keep everyone up to date on, uh, you know, whether it does fall more or how much or whatever the case might be. All right. All right. Excellent. Okay. Uh, there's a big uh, consignment auction coming up later this week in Kentucky. What are you watching? Well, Kentucky, actually, that was a sale Friday. My oh, okay. My auction company in Hopkinsville. They had, they're kind of the same deal. A lot of auction companies have their kind of seasonal winter sale. Okay. And a ton of equipment there. Uh, so if we talk recalibrating, uh, they had a 2014 John Deere S680 combine, and I, we you know, I've talked a lot over the years. Last year, chip combines market is retrenching a bit. 
This was a nice one, 1,461 SEP hours. Again, a 14 model, brought 115, which I thought that was actually pretty good because the average price last year on an S680 had dropped like 19.5% down to basically 108. Uh, but so far this year, I've seen 11 S680 sold at auction, and the average is 87.5. Um, a lot of those have been dipping towards the south, uh, on Arkansas, Tennessee, southern Missouri. But again, 115 out of Kentucky, thought that was decent. And then they had a 17 model John Deere 6175R with a loader. Again, loader tractor still pretty well. Just under 1,700 hours, I brought 165. So again, loader okay. tractor's holding a little better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Now we get to the previews. You've got some auctions coming up later <laughs> this week. What are you watching? Yeah. Well, tomorrow, folks, big, big online dealer auction, absolute sale, no buyer fees, buy it runs at AgPro. I think the equipment's pulling out of their Ohio and Georgia stores. A lot of really nice tractors from Ohio. Uh, they have 41 tractors on the sale. Ooh. The sale by Merit Auctions. So just go to Merit Auctions with an S on the end, dot com. 41 tractors, 15 23 models, 7 22 models, 15 planters. So two things to keep an eye on here. Last year, we saw dealers get proactive pushing combines out starting in July right through December. 24 is going to be dealers pushing tractors out and planters. And so like sales tomorrow, it's absolute. Merit Auctions has another big dealer sale next Monday for H&R AgriPower down out of the kind of that Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee area, great dealer down there. And they have 24 planters on that auction up there, 23 model case, H2150, high-speed 24 rows, 21 tractors. So, again, the inventory is, is higher on dealer lots, so we're starting to see these dealer auctions. And then Friday, good folks at Matichek implemented up my way, Fairbowl, Minnesota. They have an online auction, uh, no reserves, no buyer fees. Eight late model Case IH tractors, a pair of 23, 620 quads, uh, two other quad tracks, a 580, 22 model, a pair of 22 row tracks, or a 122 model, a 380 row track, and then a 15 model, 340 row track. That's on auction time on uh, Thursday, February 20, a leap day, I guess, February 29th. So okay. it'd be a good day to have an auction on a leap day. You'd never forget yeah. the date of your sale, yeah. I guess. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a real test for the market, doesn't it? It does. We're going to know a lot more here this, this week by yep. week. Exactly. Exactly. Great stuff, Greg. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you later. Hey, have a great week, Chip. Yeah. You too. You too. Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. All right. It is a big week here at AgriTalk and in Houston for Commodity Classic. We've got some details coming your way next. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. 
your pal Davis Michelson. That's me. It's me. I'm here. Glad you are here as well this morning. It's Monday, Chip. Monday morning. Love that morning, everybody. <laughs> hey, all set for a, I mean, we got a we got a five banger this week. All yeah. five days we're supposed to be at work, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this. Oh, man. I, I tell you what, that's refreshing, isn't it? Uh, see, that's not, not, no, refreshing is not the word I would use. No. That's not no. it? No. That's not it? Oh. No. Oh. No. Well, uh, can we throw a little disruption with a trip to Houston for me and Big Apple Joe in there? Well, as long as, as long as I'm not disrupted, sure, you can disrupt sure. all you want. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, you're headed down goodness. to Houston. A big, humongoid event down there, bro. Um, yeah. it's, it's going to be a lot for you and Big Apple, but, uh, man, Bringing us that coverage from down there, you just, you just, so many nuggets, so much potential for great conversation down there, bro. Yeah. Commodity classic. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been working for a while to try to put together the, the agendas and everything that we're going to be talking about. Uh, yeah. The the PM shows, you guys, the the guest analysts that we've got lined up for the the PM shows, I think is is pretty fantastic. And uh, uh, we're going to rotate them through. We're going to get as many through as we can and keep the keep the conversations going. And and when we've got uh, uh, the markets under pressure and potentially looking for some new direction, let's get as many different opinions in as we as we possibly can. And I know that there's going to be huge conversations about what is going on in the markets at Commodity Classic this week this year. And uh, so, so I'm looking. I'm looking forward to being part of those conversations. Now, on Wednesday, we're going to kick things off Wednesday afternoon right away. As soon as the trade show floor opens, we are going to be in position. Big Apple Joe and I will be a, at the NCGA booth, the National Corn Growers Association, sponsoring our kickoff show at the Commodity Classic this year. That is booth 7405 on the third floor. Uh, we're going to talk yields, yield winners. We're going to talk some policy. We're going to talk markets. Uh, we've got a lot to go through in that first hour of AgriTalk from from Houston. And then on Thursday morning, Thursday morning and Friday morning, I think we combine these mm-hmm. because both are sponsored, sponsored by United Soybean Board, USB. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the the miracle that we call soybeans and how they are being used and the markets that are being developed, the, uh, the, the efforts that are underway inside of USB to generate more homes for more beans to be used up. And so Thursday and Friday mornings, both we will be at um, USB booth. That's 2311 on the first floor. If you're going to be down there, we would love it if you would stop by and have a conversation with us. Thursday afternoon, Marisnam, our good friends at Marisnam. Uh, that is booth 6439 on the third floor. Different levels. It's so dang big, Davis. Mm-hmm. They've got different levels to this thing. Different levels, really? Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Uh, but we'll be on the third floor at Marisnam on uh, on Thursday afternoon, and then Friday afternoon, we'll be back down on the first floor at BASF, 3203 on the first floor, BASF. Looking forward to that, dude. 
Uh, sounds like you're going to put a few miles on the uh, mobile broadcast station there, up and down the steps and up the elevator, yeah. down the elevator. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude. Uh, Joe keeps saying that uh, as long as there's escalators, he'll be fine. Um, I'm, I, 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 the first thing I'm going to do is scout out those escalators. Okay. Make okay. sure that he knows where they're at. Yep. That's good. I think that's a good strategy. You, mm-hmm. you know, before, before you can get to where you're going, you got to figure out how to get yeah. to where you're going. It's all you know? about logistics, man. It really Efficiency is. Efficiency of movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yep. then once, because you don't want to have anything else to worry about once you settle in oh, and it's no. go time and the red light right. goes on. I mean, it's all business at that point. You got it. You got, got it. it. Yeah, it, yeah. We never have any fun at Commodity Classic when we're broadcasting. No, I don't see how you could. Yeah, yeah no. that no. never happens. <laughs> never happens. No, because we just don't know who's going to walk by. Well, that's the thing. Yep. So if we can, uh, uh, if if we can bring some others into the conversations while we are down there, you know, we'll be doing that as well. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you more or less hopeful after your, our conversation with Senator Chuck Grassley about a farm bill, about, I mean, are they taking the right less, approach to aid to Ukraine, all the less, things, dude, I know, I know. Less. Me too, me too. Yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, you can hear the frustration in his voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, you know, I, I saw the list here, and yeah. we didn't. Did we even get halfway through the list of questions uh, about um, any of them? I mean, you know, there was some stuff on the Treasury, EPA and SAF, uh, E15 yeah. in the eight Midwest states is, a, you know, I mean, emissions plans. So right. many things out there are still floating around and it doesn't seem like anybody wants to step up and take ownership of these. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the the issue on the year-round availability of e15 i would have liked to have had that conversation with him Mm -hmm. but number one i know he's unbelievably frustrated that even for the eight midwest states that's been pushed back until 2025 yeah so the the idea of taking it up and making it nationwide Mm-hmm. I don't know how optimistic he's going to be about that right now, Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ongoing. We'll keep an eye on it, won't we? We absolutely will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that is going on is I'm going to be on the road tomorrow making a right. trip. Making the trip down to Houston. Davis is going to keep the conversation going. He's going to have a conversation about land values with Doug Hensley from Hertz. And he's going to talk about the economy with Dr. Vince Malanga. And then tomorrow afternoon, talking markets with Carl Setzer right here. And this afternoon, this afternoon, I'll be with you. Going to have a conversation with Darren Fry from Water Street Solutions right here on AgriTalk. Down, country sound, FM on the radio.